0: Book 5, Part 2 of History of the Kings of Britain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. History of the Kings of Britain by Geoffrey of Monmouth. Translated by Aaron Thompson and J. A. Giles. Chapter 9. Maximian is desired for a king of Britain. At last, in his old age, being willing to settle the government, he asked his council which of his family they desired to have for their king after his decease. For he had no son, and only one daughter, to whom he could leave the crown. Some, therefore, advised him to bestow his daughter with the kingdom upon some noble Roman, to the end that they might enjoy a firmer peace. Others were of the opinion that Conan Meriadoc, his nephew, ought to be preferred to the throne, and the daughter married to some prince of another kingdom with a dowry in money. While these things were in agitation among them, there came Caradoc, Duke of Cornwall, and gave his advice to invite over Maximian, the senator and to bestow the lady with the kingdom upon him which would be a means of securing to them a lasting peace for his father leolin the uncle of constantine whom we mentioned before was a briton but by his mother and place of birth he was a roman and by both parents he was descended of royal blood and there was a sure prospect of a firm and secure peace under him on account of the right which he had to Britain by his descent from the emperors, and also from the British blood. But the Duke of Cornwall, by delivering this advice, brought upon himself the displeasure of Conan, the king's nephew, who was very ambitious of succeeding to the kingdom, and put the whole court into confusion about it. However, Caradoc, being unwilling to recede from his proposal, sent his son Mauritius to Rome to acquaint Maximian with what has passed. Mauritius was a person of large and well-proportioned stature, as well as great courage and boldness, and could not bear to have his judgment contradicted without a recourse to arms and dueling. On presenting himself before Maximian, he met with a reception suitable to his quality, and he had the greatest honours paid to him of any that were about him, there happened to be, at that time, a great contest between Maximian and the two emperors, Gratian and Valentinian, on account of his being refused the third part of the empire, which he demanded. When, therefore, Mauritius saw Maximian ill-treated by the emperors, he took occasion from thence to address him in this manner. "'Why need you, Maximian, stand in fear of Gratian?' when you have so fair an opportunity of wresting the empire from him. Come with me into Britain, and you will take possession of that crown. For King Octavius, being now grown old and infirm, desires nothing more than to find some such proper person to bestow his kingdom and daughter upon. He has no male issue and therefore has asked the advice of his nobility, to whom he should marry his daughter with the kingdom. And they, to his satisfaction, have passed a decree, that the kingdom and the lady be given to you, and have sent me to acquaint you with it. So that if you go with me, and accomplish this affair, you may, with the treasure and forces of Britain, be able to return back to Rome, drive out the emperors, and gain the empire for yourself. For in this manner did your kinsman Constantius and several others of our kings who raised themselves to the empire. Chapter 10 Maximian coming into Britain artfully declines fighting with Conan. Maximian was pleased with the offer and took his journey to britain but in his way subdued the cities of the franks by which he amassed a great treasure of gold and silver and raised men for his service in all parts afterwards he set sail with a fair wind and arrived at Hamo's port the news of which struck the king with fear and astonishment who took this to be a hostile invasion whereupon he called to him his nephew conan and commanded him to raise all the forces of the kingdom, and go and meet the enemy. Conan, having made the necessary preparations, marched accordingly to Hamosport, where Maximian had pitched his tents, who, upon seeing the approach of so numerous an army, was under the greatest perplexities what course to take. For as he was attended with a smaller body of men, and had no hopes of being entertained peaceably, he dreaded both the number and courage of the enemy. Under these difficulties, he called a council of the oldest men, together with Mauritius, to ask their advice what was to be done at this crucial juncture. "'It is not for us,' said Mauritius, to hazard a battle with such a numerous and powerful army. Neither was the reduction of Britain by arms the end of our coming. Our business must be to desire peace and a hospitable treatment till we can learn the king's mind. Let us say that we are sent by the emperors upon an embassy to Octavius and let us with artful speeches pacify the people. When all had shown themselves pleased with this advice, he took with him twelve aged men with grey hairs, eminent beyond the rest for their quality and wisdom, and bearing olive branches in their right hands, and went to meet Conan. The Britons, seeing they were men of a venerable age, and that they bore olive branches as a token of peace, rose up before them in a respectful manner, and opened a way for their free access to their commander then presenting themselves before conan meriadoc they saluted him in the name of the emperors and the senate and told him that maximian was sent to octavius upon an embassy from gratian and valentinian conan made answer why is he then attended with so great a multitude this does not look like the appearance of ambassadors but the invasion of enemies to which Mauritius replied, It did not become so great a man to appear abroad in a mean figure, or without soldiers for his guard, especially considering that by reason of the Roman power, and the actions of his ancestors, he has become obnoxious to many kings. If he had but a small retinue, he might perhaps have been killed by the enemies of the commonwealth. He is come in peace, and it is peace which he desires, for from the time of our arrival our behaviour has been such as to give no offence to anybody. We have bought necessities at our own expenses, as peaceable people do, and have taken nothing from any by violence. While Conan was in suspense, whether to give them peace or begin the battle, Caradoc, king of Cornwall, with others of the nobility, came to him and dissuaded him from proceeding in the war after this representation. Whereupon, though much against his will, he laid down his arms and granted them peace. Then he conducted Maximian to London, where he gave the king an account of the whole proceeding. Chapter 11 The Kingdom of Britain is bestowed on Maximian Caradoc, after this, taking along with him his son Mauritius, commanded everybody to withdraw from the King's presence, and then addressed him in these words. Behold that which your more faithful and loyal subjects have long wished for is now by the good providence of god brought about you commanded your nobility to give their advice how to dispose of your daughter and kingdom as being willing to hold the government no longer on account of your great age some therefore were for having the kingdom delivered up to conan your nephew and a suitable match procured for your daughter elsewhere, as fearing the reign of our people, if any prince that is a stranger to our language should be set over us. Others were for granting the kingdom to your daughter, and some noblemen of our own country, who should succeed you after your death. But the greater number recommended some person descended of the family of the emperors, on whom you should bestow your daughter and crown. For they promised themselves a firm and lasting peace as the consequence of such a marriage, since they would be under the protection of the Roman state. See then, God has vouchsafed to bring you a young man who is both a Roman and also of the royal family of Britain, and to whom, if you follow my advice, you will not delay to marry your daughter. And indeed, should you refuse him, what right could you plead to the crown of Britain against him, for he is the cousin of Constantine and the nephew of King Curl, whose daughter Helena possessed the crown by an undeniable hereditary right? When Caradoc had represented these things to him, Octavius acquiesced, and with the general consent of his people bestowed the kingdom and his daughter, upon him. Conan Meriadoc, finding how things went, was beyond expression incensed, and retiring into Albania, used all his interest to raise an army that he might give disturbance to Maximian. And when he had got a great body of men together, he passed the Humber, and wasted the provinces on each side of it. At the news whereof Maximian hastened to assemble his forces against him, then gave him battle, and returned with victory. But this proved no decisive blow to Conan, who with his reassembled troops still continued to ravage the provinces, and provoked Maximian to return again and renew the war, in which he had various success, being sometimes victorious, sometimes defeated. At last, after great damages done on both sides, they were brought by the mediation of friends to a reconciliation. Chapter 12 Maximian Overthrows the Amoricans His Speech to Conan Five years after this, Maximian, proud of the vast treasures that daily flowed in upon him, fitted out a great fleet, and assembled together all the forces in Britain. For this kingdom was now not sufficient for him. He was ambitious of adding Gaul also to it. With this view he set sail, and arrived first at the kingdom of Armorica, now called Britannia, and began hostilities upon the Gallic people that inhabited it. But the Gauls, under the command of inbaltus met him and engaged him in battle in which the greater part being in danger they were forced to fly and leave inbaltus with fifteen thousand men killed all of the marmoricans this severe overthrow was matter of the greatest joy to maximian who knew the reduction of that country would be very easy after the loss of so many men Upon this occasion he called Conan aside from the army and smiling said, See, we have already conquered one of the best kingdoms in Gaul. We may now have hopes of gaining all the rest. Let us make haste to take the cities and towns before the rumour of their danger spread to the remoter parts of Gaul and raise all the people up in arms. For if we can but get possession of this kingdom... I make no doubt of reducing all Gaul under our power. Be not therefore concerned that you have yielded up the island of Britain to me, notwithstanding the hopes you once had of succeeding to it, because whatever you have lost in it, I will restore to you in this country. For my design is to advance you to the throne of this kingdom, and it shall be another Britain, which we shall people with our own countrymen, and drive out the old inhabitants the land is fruitful in corn the rivers abound with fish the woods afford a beautiful prospect and the forests are everywhere pleasant nor is there in my opinion anywhere a more delightful country upon this conan with a submissive bow gave him his thanks and promised to continue loyal to him as long as he lived. Chapter 13 Rodonum, taken by Maximian After this they marched with their forces to Rhodonum, and took it the same day. For the citizens, hearing of the bravery of the Britons, and what slaughter they had made, fled away with haste, leaving their wives and children behind them, and the rest of the cities and towns soon followed their example, so that there was an easy entrance into them for the Britons, who wherever they entered killed all they found left of the male sex and spared only the women. At last, when they had wholly extirpated the inhabitants of all those provinces, they garrisoned the cities and towns with British soldiers and made fortifications in several places. The fame of Maximian's exploits spreading over the rest of the provinces of Gaul, all their dukes and princes were in a dreadful consternation, and had no other hopes left but in their prayers to their gods. They fled everywhere, from the villages into the cities and towns, and other places of strength and safety. Maximian finding that he had struck terror into them, began to think of still bolder attempts, and by profusely distributing presents augmented his army. For all persons that he knew to be eager for plunder, he enlisted into his service, and by plentifully bestowing his money, and other valuable things among them, he kept them to his interest. Chapter 14 Maximian after the conquest of Gaul and Germany, makes Triers the seat of his empire. By these means he raised such a numerous army as he thought would be sufficient for the conquest of all Gaul. Notwithstanding which, he suspended his arms for a time, till he had settled the kingdom which he had taken and peopled it with Britons. To this end, he published a decree for the assembling together of a 100,000 of the common people of Britain who had come over to settle in the country, besides 30,000 soldiers to defend them from hostile attack. As soon as the people were arrived according to his orders, he distributed them through all the countries of Armorica and made another Britain of it and then bestowed it on Conan Meriadoc. But he himself, with the rest of his fellow-soldiers, marched into the further part of Gaul, which, after many bloody battles, he subdued, as he did also all Germany, being everywhere victorious. But the seat of his empire he made at Trier's, and fell so furiously upon the two emperors, Gratian and Valentinian, that he killed the one and forced the other to flee from Rome. CHAPTER fifteen A Fight Between the Aquitanians and Conan. In the meantime, the Gauls and Aquitanians gave disturbance to Conan and the Armorican Britons and harassed them with their frequent incursions. But he has often defeated them, and bravely defended the country committed to him. After he had entirely vanquished them, he had a mind to bestow wives on his fellow soldiers, by whom they might have issue to keep perpetual possession of the country. And to avoid all mixture with the Gauls, he sent over to the island of Britain for wives for them, in order to accomplish this, messengers were sent to recommend the management of this affair to Dionotus, King of Cornwall, who had succeeded his brother Caradoc in that kingdom. He was a very noble and powerful prince, and to him Maximian had committed the government while he was employed in affairs abroad. He also had a daughter of wonderful beauty named Ursula. With whom Conan was most passionately in love. Chapter 16. Guanius and Melga murder eleven thousand virgins. Maximian is killed at Rome. Dionotus, upon this message sent him by Conan, was very ready to execute his orders, and summoned together the daughters of the nobility from all provinces to the number of 11,000, but of the meaner sort 60,000, and commanded them all to appear together in the city of London. He likewise ordered ships to be brought from all shores for their transportation to their future husbands, and though in so great a multitude many were pleased with this order, yet it was displeasing to the greater part who had a greater affection for their relations and native country, nor, perhaps, were there wanting some who, preferring virginity to the married state, would rather have lost their lives in any country than enjoyed the greatest plenty in wedlock. In short, most of them had views and wishes different from one another, had they been left to their own liberty. But now, the ships being ready, they went on board and sailing down the Thames made towards the sea. At last, as they were steering towards the Armorican coast, contrary winds rose, and dispersed the whole fleet. In this storm, the greater part of the ships foundered, but the women that escaped the danger of the sea were driven upon strange islands, and by a barbarous people either murdered or made slaves for they happened to fall into the hands of the cruel army of Guanius and Melga, who, by the command of Gratian, were making terrible destruction in Germany and the nations on the sea-coast. Guanius was king of the Huns and Melga of the Picts, whom Gratian had engaged in his party and had sent into Germany to harass those of Maximian's party along the sea-coasts. While they were thus exercising their barbarous rage, they happened to light upon these virgins, who had been driven on those parts, and were so inflamed with their beauty, that they courted them to their brutish embraces, which, when the women would not submit to, the Ambrons fell upon them, and, without remorse, murdered the greatest part of them. This done, the two wicked leaders of the Picts and Huns, Guarnius and Malga, being the partisans of Gratian and Valentinian, when they had learnt that the island of Britain was drained of all its soldiers, made a speedy voyage towards it, and taking into their assistance the people of the adjacent islands, arrived in Albania. Then, joining in a body, they invaded the kingdom which was left without either government or defence. And made miserable destruction among the common people. For Maximian, as we have already related, had carried away with him all the warlike youth that could be found, and had left behind him only the husbandmen, who had neither sense nor arms for the defence of their country. Guanius and Melga, finding that they were not able to make the least opposition, began to domineer most insolently and to lay waste their cities and countries, as if they had only been pens of sheep. The news of this grievous calamity coming to Maximian, he sent away Gratian municeps with two legions to their assistance, who, as soon as they arrived, fought with the enemy and after a most bloody victory over them, forced them to fly over into Ireland. In the meantime, Maximian was killed at Rome by Gratian's friends, and the Britons, whom he had carried with him, were also slain, or dispersed. Those of them that could escape went to their countrymen in Armorica. Those of them that could escape went to their countrymen in Armorica, which was now called the Other Britain. End of book five, part two.